Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to the Talking City podcast for the Manchester Review News. I'm delighted to say I'm joined again by the sun-kissed Stu Brenner, who's back from the United States. Sunkiss. Yeah. Well, that's kind of popcorn, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. One of the better. And we've not got a sponsor yet for this podcast, so if Sunkiss are listening... Yeah, yeah. I've be been quite... eating a lot of it. I've been, eating, I've been keeping them in business, probably. <laughs> we're quite happy. And I'm delighted to say we've got a, a first-team debut today as well, Dan O'Toole. How are you finding life at the AMEN, Dan? Very enjoyable so far, yeah. That's what we like to hear. That's a good answer. We'll soon change that. Yeah. And we've got him on record saying that as well, so we can all do a clip that for whenever he's doing the double weekend or something. <laughs> um, there's only one place to start. City are back in business. Normality resumed. Win at the Emirates. Used to be a difficult place to go, Arsenal away. City are making a good habit of it recently, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I worked it out. that The last time they won two games away at Arsenal was 1935-1936, uh, when, when City had a very good team. They won the title the following season. Uh, but it, it used to be such a bogey ground, but I think they've, they've beaten them four times on the bounce now. Yeah, um, and the, the, the very fact that they left David Silver in Manchester, we were told that if they needed him to play, he could have played. So the very fact that they've said, it's Arsenal, do we really need David Silver? No, we'll leave him in Manchester. <laughs> perhaps tells you where Arsenal are at. And also, it, but the other thing it does tell you, perhaps more significantly, is where City are at in terms of needing David Silver in the team, you know. So uh yeah, I mean it was it was a it was a fine win. Um never really got out of third gear for me. Yeah. You know, they weren't at the very best but they they just dealt with anything that Arsenal threw at them and uh and, and played their way through them as as they did last season. Uh not quite as spectacular as last season. Um in some ways, it was more impressive, though. I mean, they, they went there and won three 0 You probably remember just after the Carabao Cup Very final. Snowy. Yeah, it was it was a hellish journey down there, and a hellish journey back. We didn't think we were going to make it at one point coming back. Um, but that night, you remember Arsenal missed a penalty, or rather, Edison saved the penalty, uh, and Edison was one of City's best players. I mean, he had one save to make, I think, mm. yesterday. So uh, you know the fact that. Uh, the fact that they, they look more defensively sound uh, this time round than they did last season is perhaps a good sign. Yeah, then you watched City a lot last season. Do you think it's although City didn't really play the best, they got a tricky way day out of the out of the way as well, first day of the season because Arsenal haven't really got into their groove yet. He, Pep said before the game he didn't know what to expect from Arsenal. Uh, he's got a good record against Emery, of course, but the manner in which they sort of disp- disposed them, they made Arsenal just look like a another mid-table team but like Stu said I guess that shows just how good City are yeah, I do think it was a potential banana skin in that you did, like you say you didn't know what you were going to get from Arsenal did you yeah. with Emery coming in uh, but I thought it, was, it, it looked to me like a bit of an, like a, an extension of pre-season really <laughs> and that it was just another a case of getting match fitness back getting the sharpness back um, I think the players who came back early looked particularly sharp but Kyle Walker did very well yeah, especially, especially in the first half Um very comfortable, very textbook, and very city, really. Yeah, you said earlier as well, Stu. You alluded to it winning without their star players. David Silver didn't travel. De Bruyne and Sane 
off the bench again it indicates City will only really get better but promising as well isn't it that we saw last season City coped about many of their key men for quite a long period of time I think that's maybe the second or third most injuries out of any team in the league last season so it mm. bodes well that they can win no matter who it is and I guess that's the Guardiola blueprint that you alluded to as well in your sort of match report yesterday Yeah I actually asked Pep directly in, the, in his press conference yesterday he said how important is it to win a game like this without De Bruyne and Silva because if, if you had to pinpoint two players from last season yeah. who were key to what City did, I would say those two perhaps more than anyone. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't really do that because Guardiola's team, especially this City team, man, uh, it's all about the whole 11. But those two in particular, I thought, were outstanding last season. Uh, so I asked him, you know, how important was it to win a game like this? Because to, to go into a game against Arsenal last season without De Bruyne and Silva would be seen as uh, difficult, yeah. to say the least. But But... He almost did it willfully. De Bruyne was fit to play. Yeah. He left him on the bench. Silver could have played, as we said, if needed. He left him in Manchester. So that was Guardiola sending, for me, sending out a message saying, right, we can go into a, a game against one of the so-called big guns uh, and win it. We don't need De Bruyne. We don't need Silver. That's sending a message to De Bruyne and Silver as much as anything, uh, saying these boys, Bernardo and Gundogan, uh, and the same with the centre backs as well. Company and Atamendi were, were like the, the prime centre backs last season. He picks Laporte and Stones, which everyone was surprised at. I think mm. I don't think anybody would have thought. They thought maybe one or the other of them might have played with one of the experienced guys. But uh, to pick them, he's he sort of sending out a message saying, you know, places are up for grabs here. And I think that's his way of moving City on to the next level. I think last season you could pretty much pick. The first eleven, you could yeah. pick the strongest eleven. It wouldn't really tax anybody. I don't think that's the case now. I, th- I think that with a fully fit squad, I think there are, you know, Mendy and Walker, obviously Edison, uh, the centre backs. You can pick any two from four. I don't think it's certain who the centre backs are. Midfield, you would have said last season, the Brian Silva, Fernandinho. You just trot that off the tongue. Now you're thinking, well, no, because Bernardo, Bernardo oh, is yeah. not going to be caught on this, this kind of... Uh, Gundogan, I mean, to me, Gundogan's still slightly below that level, but I still think he's, he's a fantastic player. And yeah. I think he's capable of, you know, just a couple of little tweaks in his game, and I think he'll be at that similar kind of level. Uh, and then and then the front the front players, again, it's it's hard to choose three from, from five or six. Um, so... You know, I, I think that that is that is where City are in their evolution. They've got a fully fit squad now. Uh, Mendy's back, uh, and that is pushing them, pushing the players from last season. That they've got to start thinking about their places. You know, David Silva. I've just been writing. David Silva will been watching that on the telly and thinking, "Hold on a minute." I'm quite worried. I am not getting this team, which is unbelievable when you consider what he's done in the last last eight years for City. Yeah, it's a welcome selection headache, isn't it, Dan, that Pep's got now? Maybe there's a more, I know that they've just come off the back of a record-breaker title, so they've always got that positivity, and it looks like they've got the depth maybe now to, to do even more this season. Do you think, even if they don't match the points tally, do you think the side's gained a lot from that extra year together as a, as a unit? Well, definitely. I think Pep's first year is all about learning what's required in England. Yeah, I think uh, the second year showed that he'd learned his lessons from that. I think the third year now will be looking to... Sort of translate that form from domestic, from, from the Premier League into the Champions League because I think it will have hurt Pep a lot last year to have gone out in such a 
such a disappointing fashion yeah, to Liverpool because they were sweeping up all before them, weren't they, in the league? Yeah. And you almost felt last season in the Champions League that if they'd got anyone else other than Liverpool, they could have got through. It was just the, the one team they didn't want, really. I remember saying on the podcast, the, the team to avoid, but you can't always do that based on the draw. While we're on to that subject of centre-backs as well, uh, Laporte and Stones, only a day between them, the same age, basically, and they almost £100 million as centre-back, that is. So maybe it's no surprise that they looked so good at the Emirates. But do you think that's going to be a partnership we see more of this season, Dan? I think with companies age and with the, you know, his injury record, I think that there's definitely an opening there for uh, mm-hmm. a good number of games yeah. to be played for either, either of them. I think company's definitely, for me, the best defender of the club still. Um, but I, w- I would say that this season and the season after will be the beginning of the end of the company, probably. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Stones, Laporte are looking, uh, you know, staking a claim for that position in the future. Yeah. Stu, if you have to choose one, I mean, this season, I guess City might look at opportunities just to play one of them when our company or Otamendi's mission missing. Who do you think is in the best position to be between Laporte and Stone to make it into the first team as a regular? I don't think you'll even be that. I think it'll just be horses for courses. I mean, They've got the first home game against Huddersfield next weekend. Yeah. I think company are playing that. Possibly company and Otamendi because Huddersfield present a different challenge in more mm. of an English team, if you Traditional like. Traditional local. Yeah, they've got Steve Mounier up front who, who put himself about a little bit. Um, so, you know, I, I, I suspect that company will play in that one. At, at least company, probably Otamendi as well. And again, that, that reinforces the message, you know. It's saying that Stones and Laporte, we... You two did great against Arsenal, but that doesn't mean that you're uh, you, you're in here for good. You're going to have to keep working harder because uh, I'm putting these two in. And it, I, I think it'll I think he'll mix and match them going forward during the season. I don't think we'll see a, a regular centre back pair. I mean that used that, that used to be unheard of. That was anathema. You know, you wanted a centre back to talk about defence. I don't yeah. think that's the case anymore because you know, especially in the Guardiola team, everybody's so well drilled. And they know they know the position, and you take one out and put another one in. He just slots in. Um, it's, it's not like you're sort of ripping everything up and starting again. Uh, so I, th- I think we'll I think we'll see a lot of chopping and changing, uh, just depending on their position. Yeah, talk about chopping and ch- changing. That was quite a tongue twister thing, I wasn't expecting. But one player who we, who we will see a lot of this season is Bernardo. He ended the season maybe as one of City's best players, and he's carried that form on right through pre-season. Started the the domestic campaign in fantastic fashion. We saw him at the Community Shield and then against Arsenal again. He looks some player, Bernardo Silva. And it's crazy to think there's a player like him who's almost still going under the radar because there's so much talent to see. I think his versatility is going to be very important for him this season. Yeah. The, when City signed Riyad Mahrez, he might have thought, hang on, yeah. my spot's in trouble here. But he's, he's, he's come inside. He's played very well in the in the uh, De Bruyne role, if you like. And... Yeah, I, th- I think that that might be his future at City in that inside role. Yeah, for um, Obviously, with having Sané, Sterling, and Mares, I think they're probably quicker than, than Bernardo. I, I do think that he's got the ability to to pick a pass, um, to, to split a defence with a pass that maybe some of the other wide men don't quite have. Okay. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching yeah, this season. Of course, he's got an eye for goal as well. He's going to score some absolute screamers for City, really. And that one against Arsenal was perfect. The work came onto his left foot. Where do you see him fitting in this season, Stu? Through the middle still? Yeah, I mean, he, he, like Dan said, when, when Maris came in, you thought, have they got three right wingers in, <laughs> in Maris, Sterling, and Bernardo? Of course they haven't, because these are players who can play across the front three. The fact that Sterling played on the left at Arsenal um, showed that. 
But Bernardo, we saw him, we saw him in a central position last season a few times, uh, and it didn't work that well. I thought it worked okay yeah. at times, but he, he didn't. You know, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. You know, there certainly wasn't a silver, David Silver, and he certainly it certainly wasn't a De Bruyne. And then we saw him in the World Cup. Um, it was a game they went out. Which game was it? They went out. Uruguay. Yes. Not yes. Those, yeah. um, Portugal went out of the competition, but in the second half. When they were chasing Changed the, the game, game. Yeah, they moved him into the centre, and all of a sudden, he was pulling the strings. He was he was running the show. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who's a man that was always been the go-to man for Portugal, was quite peripheral. Really, yeah. he wasn't influencing. It was Bernardo, who was the man who took it upon his shoulders to try and get Portugal through. He didn't manage it, but it wasn't through through a lack of effort and a lack of ability on on his behalf. Uh, and you know, he's. he's he came in a pre-season. I was in Miami when uh, he played again. He came on for for, for Riyad Mahrez uh, and was was brilliant. He scored, yeah. scored yeah against Bayern. He scored two goals uh, and looked, was the best player on the park by a country mile. Carried that on against Chelsea and Pep said the team next week is going to be Bernardo plus ten others. Um, yeah, I wondered I wondered a little bit about his temperament and his character because he's he's so slight and he's so small. And he's he's incredibly nice man Too as well. Nice, isn't he's he? just so nice. You know, I, I've interviewed him a few times, and he's always got a big smile on his face and pleasant, very respectful um, of the opponents, and he's very uh, yeah, yeah. He, he and I, I like to see a player with an edge, yes. you know. And he, he he just hasn't got any edges <laughs> at all. So you, you do you do worry about. I mean, because David Silva, David Silva's small and slight and pleasant and shy and everything, but he's got a real steal about yeah. him. De Bruyne's got that steel. Sort of game management. They have to wind people up. Yeah, 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 but but also, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll look after themselves. If you ask them a different, even in the, even when they're talking to us guys, if you ask yeah. De Bruyne a, a, a bit of a spiky question, he'll rail at you and he'll he'll have a, you know, what you asking me that for kind of thing, and he'll. Bernardo will just smile at you and answer <laughs> the question and be pleasant. And you kind of think, you know, you need to you need to yeah. you need to be a bit harder than <laughs> this if you're going to. But it doesn't seem to bother him. He just seems to get on with the job. Uh, and he, he's, his touch is just unbelievable. I, you know, there's been some great players down the years at, at City, certainly in the last eight years. Um, but but I, I think he, in terms of his, his first touch, I've not seen anyone with a better first touch. It's just it's just incredible. Uh, and that is after after job. I mean, we've we've seen it employed out on the right wing. You know, we, number of times we've seen yeah. you know Laporte and people hit seventy yard crossfield balls to him. And not only does he control it, he'll control it in such a way that it gives him a yard on the straight foot. Straight stride. You know, yeah, he's, he's out of his feet and straight where he wants it and ready to cross it or shoot or whatever he needs to do. Um, and now we're going to see that in that central role. I mean, last season Pep said David Silva won't play as many games this season. I think we're beginning yeah. to see now why he said that. Yeah, I think that's one thing that separates City from so many other teams in the league is just the intelligence in midfield. They're so just on another wavelength, aren't they, Dan? They always seem to have an idea. Another player who's come in with the creativity, Riyad Mahrez. He's played a couple of games. We've seen some. We saw in pre-season just how well he fit into the side immediately in that Dortmund game, and then we saw him against Liverpool as well. He just looked silky. What have you made of his start to life at the Etihad? Also, I do like his directness. I think it's a different sort of directness to what you get from maybe Sterling mm. and Sané, and that they'll skinny and get to the byline but I think Mahrez will go up to it and he's got the step over which always gives him that yard to cut inside and he's got that left foot hasn't he to, to yeah. find him you know the top far far corner yeah. and I think uh, that's something that's slightly different to what City had last season on the wing do you think he's in the position to start 
lots of games for City this season then? Do you think because he's that sort of different winger than anything else they've got, isn't he? I don't think he's a guaranteed starter, given the, the quality of the other wings that are there, but I think he's in with a good shout um, for, for getting a good number of games under his belt. Um, and it, you know, he's proven in the Champions League as well, hasn't he? So that's not, that's yeah. not a new... Uh, that's not an unknown quantity for him. Yeah, he's a PFA player of the year. It's not as if he had brought in someone known and he's exactly what they needed in the summer. Um, there was some speculation going to the game about Raheem Sterling, uh, where he'd, if he'd start, because Leroy Sane was obviously there, Yacht Mara's never wing, but he came in and, my word, did he prove himself and silence those doubters yet again, didn't he, Stu? Yeah, I, I was surprised he started. I mean, if only because he, he reported back for training on the Monday. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I can imagine, I mean, Pep said right from the off, uh, if a player needs a full three weeks holiday, you can have the full three weeks yeah. holiday, um, but you, at the back of your head, you, as I'm sure the players were thinking, if I report back and everyone else yeah. has reported back early, it's an offer you're not meant to take up, that isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a bit of a poison chalice. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne did, but I don't think anyone would quibble with Kevin De Bruyne because well, yeah. it, it, the amount of work he put into last season and, the, and he, he carried that on into the World Cup. Um, I'm not saying Sterling worked any less, but it wasn't as evident, you know, in, in terms of getting up and down the pitch. Uh, but the fact that he, he decided to take his full three weeks allocation of holiday uh, and he's not signed his signed a new contract as yet, you kind of think he might, he might just he might just uh, he might just be left on the bench for this one, or even left out altogether with the, the kind of squad they've got. Um, and the fact that he did play shows again just how much Guardiola does rate him. Um, you know, there are still City fans out there who, who don't who think he's not not that, not that he's not good enough, but that he's not the right kind of player yeah, for City. Yeah. You know, he hasn't got the same touch as some of them. He hasn't got the the same intelligence that you you were yeah. talking about. But he's got other attributes that just terrorise, terrify defences. Yeah. Um, we saw that against Arsenal yesterday. He was just they were struggling every time he was on the ball. Um, I mean, he is a fantastic player. Um, some people don't don't think he's he's a pet kind of player, but he clearly is because Pep thinks he is, and you know, it's his opinion that matters. Another player who came back yesterday and stole the show, Benjamin Mendy. I know fantasy football fans loved it. He was the highest scoring player in the Premier League this week in those sort of terms: clean sheet, two assists, immediate impact on the pitch. Pep said maybe he needs to think less about what he does off the pitch and concentrate on his actual performances on it but refreshing to see him and he's, you can see the impact City missed that all season no matter how good Delph was and Zinchenko filled in well even Danilo played well there at times last season but Benjamin Mendy you can see why they spent that money on him last summer can't you? Well, for me he's pure power at left back I think uh, last season Delph you could tell he was a midfielder playing at left back it was all about passing it was all about keeping possession but I think with, with, with Mendy you definitely get that pure strength yeah. in terms of you know winning the ball getting down the line hitting the byline like he did yesterday for Bernardo's goal I think you'll see a lot more of that from City this season especially down the left you might not have got as much of it last year with Delph because he's not got that pace he's not got that power to, to beat the right back um, but I think that's something that Mendy will definitely bring to the side this season yeah, his sort of overlapping runs also really complement Raheem Sterling he always likes to cut in because you've always got someone on the left to go there you ne- don't necessarily have that with Delph he's always a couple of yards behind you and mm-hmm. he's looking to put an early cross in but with Mendy you've got someone who goes to the byline causes havoc and it was really refreshing to see him. it was exciting to see that yeah yeah you've got that on both sides he talks about Mahrez he's got Kyle Walker yeah. bombing outside him so the options Endless. you know yeah it, it, it just seems like <laughs> I don't know what it's like facing these guys but it's uh... You felt sorry for Maitland Niles, didn't you? 
yes. third choice left back starting against Mahrez and Walker on the left. And yeah, he got monstered <laughs> by Walker and had to go off, didn't yeah. he? Walker just sort of bulldozed him and uh, Paul had to had to limp off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the other side of Mendy, of course, is his personality. I mean, yeah. he's uh, it, that really struck me. Um, we get you get fairly close to the the people around City, not necessarily to the squad while you're while you're on tour. Although, although we, you know, we we sat and chatted with quite a few of the players, but talking to the city staff, they love him. They absolutely yeah. adore Mendy because he's just so full of fun. He's such an he's a genuinely nice guy, um, and he's, he's just like life and soul of the party. Yeah. Um, we we sat down to have a chat with him. We went to the city team hotel in Miami uh, and sat down to to talk to him. And one of the one of the reporters just said jokingly, uh, "Haven't you got? Haven't you brought your World Cup winners medal to show us?" And he said, "Well, funnily enough, and he reached into his pocket and pulled it out, you know." So we're all taking pictures of it. Um, and he, but there is there is a you know Pep said that yesterday. You're talking about the social media. Pep said, uh, "I want to kill him sometimes," <laughs> and that instantly struck a chord with me. I thought Mario Balotelli yeah. because Mancini said something. Mancini said about Balotelli, "I want to punch him in the head sometimes." <laughs> And you kind of think, oh, hold on a minute. And then he then he made the point. He said, I hope, sometimes I hope he just focuses more on his game and less on his social media. He was joking, Pat, but I think there was a message There's there. There's an underlying gentle yeah, hint to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny because Vincent Company said something uh, last week on the BBC. Uh, he made that comparison with Balotelli as well. Yeah. Uh, and if you've got a senior figure like Company and you've got your manager saying it, I think there's a... A definite message there to say, yeah, it's great. We look, we love you fooling around and everything, but there's a line yeah. that you don't cross. Balotelli crossed it all the time, uh, and he brought him into conflict with a manager in the end. And he, you know, for all the talent that he had, it has been wasted. You know, let's face it. This, this is a guy who should be playing for one of the top clubs in Europe, yeah. and isn't. Uh, Mendy, Mendy's a different character. He's, he's not a Balotelli in a lot of ways. I think, I think he's more sensible and more. Um, more focused on his football, uh, so I, I don't think that that will happen. But he needs to take that hint. Yeah. That he needs to knuckle down more, focus on his game, uh, and then he could become a, a, you know, a bit of a legend of the game. Yeah, I think that it's just out of care for him, isn't it? Because they don't want him to become a sort of a laughing stock of people saying, yeah, yeah. you're good on social media, but you've not done it as an actual footballer. It's just looking out for him and making sure that he's sort of got the game to back up all of his social Absolutely. media. Absolutely. Antics, but keeps us busy, doesn't he? Dan? It does. And I think Pep's right to sort it now while City are winning because you can get away with that sort of thing when you're yeah. on top of the, the top of the league and you're winning games. But like you, you've seen it United with with Pogba, for example, scapegoat Jesse Lingard. If you're losing a couple of games at home, especially, and you're out there faffing about on social media that night, you, yeah. you're going to get hounded, aren't you, by, by supporters? So I think now is the right time to let him know because he's back on his side. Um, obviously, last season he did his knee. So he's got a lot of time on the sidelines. So maybe Pep was right not to pull him up for it then because it's all about morale, isn't it, when you come back from, mm-hmm. from an injury like that. Uh, but now he's back playing, he's back in the team. Um, they're winning still. So get, I think Pep's right to, to get that figured out now. Mm-hmm. You've been warned then. Vincent Company, Pep Guardiola and Dan Atul, they've all got your back, but you've got to watch out. <laughs> but I guess while we're on the subject, we talk about City, the, the dominance of the season, the biggest challenges of the season. Do you both think it's Liverpool after what we saw on the weekend? Or do you think City are their own biggest challenges in a way because it's up to them to keep their own standards? Surely, if City play even 75% as well as they did last season, they'll win the league. 
Yeah, I think Liverpool. I do think Liverpool. I mean, I didn't see much of the game yesterday because I was, I was down at Arsenal uh, doing preparation work for the game and so on. Um, but you just look, they're so strong in all departments. The only thing I would say with them is, even even though they've got a strong squad these days, uh, if they lose one or two players through injury, I'm not sure they're as durable as City. Yeah. Not because they've got a better squad, but because City's system allows for a player to, so to step out and there. another player to step in. I'm not, if, if Liverpool lose Salah, for instance, for any length of time, I'm not so sure. You know, I'm not so sure they'll be uh, they'll be as, as effective. Certainly not as frightening. Now that you take Salah out of the team, <laughs> and it's a very good team, but it's not. And we saw City yesterday without their best player, and we see how they exactly, play. Yeah. exactly, and that, that's City. That's what I mean about being more durable uh, yeah. and more flexible. The fact that they, they can they can take a player out like De Bruyne. Put another one in. You don't really know what's the difference, no. you know. Even on tour, we noticed this on tour. There was a lot of kids playing in the in the city team. They still play the same way. They still yeah, play still the, city, in the same yeah. style. You know, they, they scored a goal against Liverpool, against Liverpool on, on the pre-season tour where they worked it from the back, from the goalkeeper, uh, and it was it was a, a young a young team. But they, it was it was like a senior goal. You know, they just played it out from the back, playing triangles, freeing up the man. And then bang, you you scored a goal. Uh, I think Liverpool are a little bit more reliant on individuals like Salah yeah. and Sane um, and Van Dijk at the back, maybe. Um, and if, if they start getting injuries, that might that might be more of a test to them. But I, I do think I think they'll push City. I think I think United will as well. I don't you know all the gloom around United. I think that'll evaporate fairly soon. Um, I think it could be a great. Uh, title race but yeah if I had to pick one team I'd be Liverpool Do you agree with that Dan? Do you think it's Merseyside who are going to be running City the close to the season? Yeah I would say that I think Liverpool is fair they've got a very good start in the I'd say um, yeah. not overly convinced about the bench um, like Stu says if they do pick up a, a few injuries then they could you know they could fall away slightly and especially with the way Pop likes to play football it's very high intensity <laughs> you are asking for the odd hamstring injury there aren't you with the the running that he wants for them but just you know in terms of the rest of the Premier League I don't really know what we're going to get from Chelsea yet uh, especially no. with, with Sarri and the way he's going to try and mould that football club I think that could take a bit of time to, mm. to complete but like Guardiola's first season well, for me exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that one goes but I'm, and I think we do need to get the best out of Morata don't they Chelsea yeah, they still need the main focal point going forward. Like yeah. they don't quite have the goals from all over the pitch that City offer. Um, even from their wingers, really, wouldn't say Pedro Willian has directed the goal for it as Sir, Sir Sterling or Sane. And they made a hybrid then, <laughs> but who knows? Um, and I guess next up for City, Huddersfield. Tricky last season. Huddersfield were um, saw yeah. them the last day of the season. They drew with them. They went had that away game where Sterling had to bail them out right at the end of that sort of fluky, lofted effort that nestles into the back of the net. Would you make any changes for that game against Huddersfield or do you think City just needs to carry on doing what they're doing? Well, like I say, I, th- I think company will come in for that game. Uh, I think De Bruyne will come in. Probably David Silva as well. Um, so yeah, I would. I mean, I'd, I'd make quite a few changes. I'd, uh, I'd play Sane as well. Um, just to get, try and get everybody. Because they all need yeah. games, these guys. You know, and it's, it's an ideal opportunity. Uh to, to give them a run um, yeah it won't be easy I mean Chelsea have gone there and won 3 nil on the opening weekend but yeah. I didn't see the game but um, looking at the highlights and 
by all accounts, uh, it wasn't a three 0 game. You know, no, Huddersfield worked twice. There was a yeah. penalty that was kind of fortuitous. Yeah, because you, you see the result and you think you know they're going to yeah. struggle this season, but then you read the reports and you think, well, actually, maybe they're uh, they still have got a little bit of that that kind of fight that kept them up last season. Uh, and they'd be buoyed up by that, you know, the, the way that they reacted last season when it, it looked like they were going down because he went, he went to Chelsea and drew, didn't he, as well yeah. as, as well as getting something at City. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll be a tough game. It'll just be a, a, re, a reprise of what we saw last season. Uh, I'm sure they'll sit deep and invite City to have a go at them. And I think this is where, you know, this is where Mara's could come into his own in a game, in a game like that because he can unlock tight defences. Um, I think he'll, uh, I, th- I think he'll figure again. Um, but won't be easy. Mm. I don't think any game is going to be easy this season, particularly. Do you think City are going to come up against more resolute defences this season, Dan? Uh, do you think because last season we saw the likes of Newcastle and Chelsea just sat back and they just let City just wait for the goals to happen. Then we saw Wolves and Cardiff, who've both been promoted in the cups. They really had a go at City, and that's when they had their problems. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing how City react to teams going after them a bit more. We yeah. saw last season, like say with Wolves, uh, Liverpool especially, they went after City, and they proved that you can beat City by trying to win the game. I think lots of teams just you know accepted it as a bit of a gimmick. Yeah, especially when they went to the Etihad. Just, right, that's just you know skate with one skate without any injuries yeah. and forget about it. But I do think that if there was any hope for any other teams last season, it was that. If you do go after City, then you've, you've got a reasonable chance of scoring a goal. Funnily enough, Huddersfield did it at Huddersfield last season. Yeah. You know, they were they came out because I remember writing at the time that they showed more enterprise mm-hmm. than United had done in the derby just just the before, before it. Yeah. Um, they actually did go out and have a go at City, and they nearly pulled it off. Like you say, it was just a fluky goal right uh, from Sterling right at the end of the game that, that won it for City. So, uh, you know. I'm expecting they won't do that at the Etihad, but you, but you don't know. They, they might come out and have a go. I hope they do because it makes for far better game. We you all want that tougher. Yeah, you want you want to see a football match. You don't want to see defence versus attack. Me. Would you start Gabriel Jesus against Huddersfield? We saw Aguero against Arsenal. He looked a bit off it by his standards, at least. It wasn't quite as sharp as he thought. He had that one-on-one where when you watch it in a slow replay course it looks like a bad miss but he had a lot of time maybe too much time it's the old cliche in it but do you think maybe you drop him and put Gabriel Jesus in or maybe even go to up top I, I can imagine that Pep Guardiola will have been furious about that yeah. because Kevin De Bruyne was in acres of space to his left it was a yeah. simple ball I remember last season I, I asked Pep about him when uh, against Liverpool he was in a similar position and he had Gabriel Jesus to yeah. his left and Jesus was his like he's rival for a place in the team and he slipped it to Jesus to put in the empty net and Guardiola was in absolute raptures about that he was he was almost as if that was the greatest thing Sergio Aguero had ever yeah yeah he was he was saying this means so so much it means so and you know what it means so by that same token the fact that he gave up the opportunity to give the ball to the Brian because he's thinking that I can get me yeah. get me leave account off to a off to a start here uh, you kind of think Guardiola would be Deep down, quite. Mm, yeah, yeah, because he, he, you know, everything's about team for him, and the fact that Sergio Aguero put his own personal account. So I, they wouldn't surprise me one little bit if Gabriel Jesus. I, I thought I thought Aguero played all right yesterday. I thought his link-up play. There was one one touch that put Sterling through on goal. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, it's not not what you associate yeah. with him. It's more of a David Silva kind of 
kind of touch. Um, but yeah, I, I just as soon as I saw that, I just and I saw it. If you look at Aguero, he looks straight over at the bench. He knew he did. It, and yeah. you know, you can imagine him thinking, "Yeah, I might be in trouble next <laughs> week." Yeah, but yeah, so Jesus for Aguero wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. One you agree, Dan? I mean, they got to, not many teams have two outstanding natural goal scorers as they do, do they really? I mean, I think it's a funny one is Aguero case because I never really think that Pep fully fancied him when he, when he first came to the club when Pep arrived because yeah. he, he wasn't a, um, a Guardiola player was he? No. He wasn't he is, you know your, your versatile forward up front he can press and all the rest of it you know he's, he's quite well, in my opinion anyway he's between the 18 yard box that's where he likes to operate he's a, he's a proper number 9 isn't he? But he's been that good he's been that prolific under Guardiola you can't really drop him can you? No. And you can't bring in Jesus with the form that uh, Aguero was playing under yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult chance for Jesus again. So he always has to do it uphill battles, doesn't he, Gabriel Jesus? But I guess he relishes it, leading the life of Brazil in the World Cup. So mm. I guess he'll be he'll be up for the challenge. It annoys Liverpool fans when he plays, anyway, doesn't it? Because <laughs> they all think Firmino should be starting for Brazil. So it gives us something to write about. But we shall see after the trip, after they face Huddersfield next Sunday, how well they're doing. Thank you very much for joining us. Hope you do join us again as well, Dan. Hope you enjoyed your debut. Very solid display. I think we'll give you. Rating out of 10? Uh, a solid 7. Solid 7. I, yeah, I think there's more to come from the boy. Yeah, promising. Um, yeah, lots of potential. Watch this space. Who knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure to subscribe on Acast for all the latest episodes from Talking City. Thank you very much, chaps. <laughs>